0: Even as a as a filmmaker for so many years, I'm still just as lost. I just did a short and uh, I have no idea what kind of a strategy uh, for my short. Or even, you know, when I did my Diamond Dogs, it's, it's not easy when, you know, a lot of times when you do a film or a short or a feature, then you think, oh, let's go the festival route. Let's go distribute with streaming. You know? But... Nowadays, this festival route is i think just as is i think even worse more daunting than even a theatrical release or something yeah but how how do you think um, a young filmmaker can actually get help to actually understand how to do this festival distribution thing I think that you know one
1: is like someone for like yourself for example. Um, you know, your your work is very specific to certain type of genres. Yep. And it's the easiest way I think. Uh, is to sort of um, look at festivals um, with that genre in mind. Sometimes. Yep. Um, the other thing is um, you know, while it's really great to aim, of course, uh, and have ambitions for um the usual sort of top three festivals, yep. Cannes and Berlin and Venice. Um. I think that there are many um short film festivals dedicated short film festivals that are completely overlooked these mm. days, and they used to be sort of much more sort of treasured in 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 the um maybe like five ten years ago mm. and they actually do a lot for short film films and filmmakers. Okay. Um, and the experience of going to a short film festival like Clermont-Ferrand or, or the many that there are out there is quite different because, I mean, first of all, there are hundreds and hundreds of short films that are being yeah. shown, <laughs> but also they have built a really great audience for it that show a lot of appreciation. And then it also taps onto a market where there are people who wish to either showcase on online platforms or buy these short films, right? Expand the audience for you. Okay. Uh, and then simply the other things um that one could do I think is like locally you have you may have your own favorite sort of filmmaker yep. and you can sort of see where they've been sending to and this sort of gives you an idea of which festivals are keen and interested in films from Southeast Asia and in Singapore. Okay. And um one thing that might be Quite useful mm. is that um, if you have uh, a mentor or someone you really trust, uh, it's always good to get some feedback. Um, then, then you sort of have an idea of uh, you know where you stand. So I always say like, it's good to watch films from Singapore and our region yep. know where your film sort of fits in. Mm. And if it doesn't fit in, that's also okay. Mm. Then you know you know, maybe you can take a different direction, which is, you know, takes a different kind of courage, which uh, should also be encouraged.
0: Okay. Because you, you've been in kind of the festival business for a bit, um, is there a reputation to Singapore films, short films and feature films? Is it like, you know, uh, I remember like five, ten years ago, you, it's, you know, you go to... The Hong Kong film art is almost like a, there's a kick me sign at the back. You know, when you say you're from Singapore, so. <laughs> <laughs> but is is there generally you know uh, interest in like Singapore films or Southeast Asia? I, I think Southeast Asia definitely lah, but like Singapore films.
1: Definitely, there's more awareness. I, I believe so. Um, generally, of course, Singapore is quite a small country, so I think that. Um, I mean, having sort of spoken and chatted with uh, programmers in a more sort of casual and candid Mm -hmm. manner, I think that um, the perception generally is that, you know, the films are quite safe. Um, Okay. But I do think that um, there is a certain um, voice that has developed over the last few years. And Mm. in fact, I find that that kind of like style or, or... voice is somewhat changing with the next generation, which kind of makes me excited to see like what's um gonna happen, you know. Um and I do think that there are programmers who have not actually seen a Singapore film ever, ever. And it's our job to um spread the word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, have hmm. them also be at that point of discovery.
0: The the other thing is that the um I'm gonna sort of like try to grill like not not your favorite but like which fest like which short festivals will be uh overlooked. Like for instance I, I we met at the Ferrand nearly many, many years ago. But Yeah, the, I it, remember that yeah, at that time there were quite a few Singapore filmmakers that were
1: sending every year.
0: To yeah. Claireon. Yeah, and, and it's a wonderful, wonderful short festival. I mean the audiences were amazing. Uh, they understand every genres even though mine's a short genre piece. Uh and yeah, it's it's besides that I don't think I've seen another short dedicated short festival that is good as that. Is there any others that's like that? Um there's um at that time there was the
1: Busan Asian Film Fest, Asian Short Film Festival as well. Mm. Um I think there are many documentary film festivals and if you have sort of a mid-length or a shorter documentary, um, you could send to those. One of the things I think that has changed quite a bit since you mentioned cameon Ferran Film Festival is that, you know, at that time, maybe 10, 12 years ago, I was there with um, my colleagues Emeline yep. and Pui uh, as part of Objective's films and Correct. we were able to sell and promote short films in a way that you can't do right now because there are many platforms Mm. uh, right now that show short films for free. So it's sort of a different time. that A lot of television channels were buying short films. Uh, So there was sort of like a market for it that Mm. um, has changed quite a bit. Mm. However, I do think that it's sort of... The storytelling um, for short films now has moved into... A more commercial arena where companies look to commission filmmakers yep. for uh, various, you know, reasons. Either to celebrate a certain sort of, uh, like Chinese New Year or something like that, yep. or it's a message that they they want to put across. Mm. So um, you know, there is sort of in a way work for filmmakers. Yep. Available to make short films, mm. um, but then on the sort of other side, uh, you know, where do we, where is that opportunity for us to be able to um, really express sort of like um, the vision of the filmmaker that you sort of used to be able to see, it's like oh spot the gem, yep. um, you know, and discover this filmmaker and you sort of look forward to their features. So mm. I think that the 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 sort of rush to make the first feature because there is um maybe less uh platforms for short films to be appreciated mm. um in a way that it allows the audience to really sort of engage with that uh film without um going into a place like YouTube where you're competing with like cat videos for example.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's um, that
1: has sort of <laughs> disappeared, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> really it, it's quite different, I think, for filmmakers now, and uh, I suppose it makes any filmmaker more aware of what should be the next step. But I do think that sometimes accidental steps are also quite important.
0: Mm. Okay, I think uh, that's very true because even for like uh, um me when I'm freelancing and all that. Uh, You get actually more business now doing uh, shorts, like commission shorts. But uh, they are obviously with messages or like uh, corporate messages or brand messages. and, And a lot of times when you finish those and then they look good and all that, but you can't send to any festivals because who wants to watch that? you know uh, with They're those too messi-
1: heavy with messages <laughs> however I think I guess I guess that they could be a showreel for the director for a TV series or um, other type of um, you know series that's happening online yeah it's sort of a different route right a different purpose yeah but it still works as like a stepping stone to something else
0: yeah but uh, you're right But like uh,
1: for yourself how, how do you um? I, how would you select those filmmakers right
0: yeah, I I think the right now is is still hustling You know, uh, not I won't say like you know the best people are doing jobs, but uh, I think uh, polishing your own star becomes so important more than ten fifteen years ago. Uh, of course, you still need to market yourself lah, but then not as much as now. Uh, I can tell you, you know. Um, when we are now hiring a lot of actors with some social media following i think it won't be too long that we will be hiring directors because they also have a social media following <laughs> you mm, know mm. uh, th- uh that's a sign of times because people just say oh he must be good now he's got 5000 followers lah. or like oh he must be good it, it, there's no basis of like you really look at the work and like wow really i really like this or like uh, his, i like his point of view or like his I think it's it's so much more difficult. Uh, I, I'm so glad that actually I started nearly fifteen, sixteen years ago because uh, it's so crowded now. I can and there are like <laughs> four to five hundred students every year, and all of them are pretty good. I'm sure they're all schooled properly and uh, and they they know their stuff. And you know, it's not like fifteen, sixteen years ago. You just got go some got picture and then people like your short, then it's okay, really. Yeah. So it's a lot t- more difficult. Yeah. Well, so, I mean,
1: I think the ugly truth is that, you know, not everybody is a star director. In correct. terms of, just in a way that not is, you know, not every singer is like Frank Sinatra, right? Mm. But there are many good filmmakers and yep. there's a, hopefully different types of places you can go to. I'm quite an optimist. But I also really love seeing something really unexpected. I really love um, working in a sort of old fashioned way, like an old curator where you're following sort of careers of people silently sometimes, and sometimes mm. they're not doing any work. and yep. I think that's a big problem, I think, in maybe um this age we're in where. You always have to be producing or you have to have an image on social media that you are leading this uh, amazing life. Right? <laughs> um, so, you know, just that idea that if someone has stopped working or is working on something silently but it's not showing it, it doesn't mean that they have less value right now. So mm. I think like for me, sort of function in a different way and sort of try to keep tabs, especially Because we can in a country like Singapore, we can always like reach out once in a blue moon. Hey, what are you doing? And sometimes the person's not really doing anything. That's cool. Mm. And then just invite them to something so that they always feel that there's this sense of like uh, community. And just because you're not um, creating something all the time, or you're not with a sort of in crowd, for example, uh, it does not mean that you're not valued for what you've contributed in the past, but also what is to come, you know. Mm. Because I think the, the sort of process and the life of an artist is a very long one.
2: Yep.
1: And some great artists they only produce like three amazing works in their whole life. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there are different types of I guess uh, filmmakers or directors, some more commercial, some more artistic, and mm. some in the middle of both. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And sort of like it's our job to create a spotlight for them or create an avenue for, for, for things that people don't see. I, I think, like, find that audience, I think.
0: I, I think it's very strange because the, you're almost like a, a film patron of, like, uh, Singapore films. And it's, it's, a, it's a very um, uh, comforting that there is that uh, uh, a role or somebody actually actively doing that and and I did get a little bit of that sunshine I mean um um me being invited for a, SGIFF uh 3 years ago I mean it, that meant meant a lot to me because the uh my film making journey started uh, with um SGIFF and um it it's I think you talk about like you know some filmmakers then they drop out and it's I can tell you it's is relentless. <laughs> it's such a long journey and it's important like, you know, for, for me to be even showcased in Singapore. It it means a lot. And uh, of course it's like gasping for air and then you go under again and then you you need for a next gasp again. But then at least you still get this uh, burst of energy once in a while. I think that's very important. And I and I got a bit of that, you know. So uh, I have to thank you for that. Uh, oh no! And like what I said in all the interviews is that like it meant a lot rather than like even going to another festival elsewhere and maybe it's a wrong strategy, which is like you know most of the people they will lose their uh, a film virginity elsewhere first and then they will come back. But uh, yeah, it, it it was very important that uh, I just felt that Singapore Film Festival uh, was the first place to to showcase it.
1: Yeah, I, re- I remember the screening too.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love <laughs> that. A um, good, good audience uh, interaction during
1: yeah, yeah. the
0: screening. And I think the part about the um, tracking and then um, why why what role do you think that is uh, for you? Because it is that does it come under producing as a as a producer? Do you think?
1: I don't, mm. I don't know if I have any sort of specific role, but I do know that um, I have a lot of interest in creating um, a sense of uh, connection. Okay. And I, I think I'm just curious, you know. And you know, there are filmmakers who um, have a great deal of talent. Yep. And and sometimes, um, at that point, you may not have an outlet to express, you mm. know, those things. So I think we, you know, uh, for example, at Objectives, sometimes we have the opportunity to commission some short films and we try to think of different people, uh, who some new and some older, who maybe are uh, uh, not in the current sort of, like, spotlight. Mm. And... Um, Uh, and you sort of have that faith in that they'll be telling sort of good stories. I mean, at the end of the day, I think like when I look back, if you see that sort of collection of short films Mm. uh, and put them together, they do really tell us about who we are as Singaporeans, which is quite nice. Okay. You know, Mm. Um, and I think actually it's quite important because of course, there are many ways to uh, document Singapore and these stories and the way we think Mm. Uh, it's it's one of them. And that's why we, at Objectives, we also do the um, school, the traveling school tour yep. with all the Singapore short films. Um, of course, we face sort of uh, different challenges with that because, you know, when you're dealing with students who are high school students, secondary school students, they also have different forms of interest and you may need to um, work around certain expectations of the teachers as well. mm but I think within the amongst all the short films that are made in Singapore, we we try to have some older ones and some new ones, so people have a sense of like oh, who these filmmakers are. And you know, you always hope that you 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 know, if you have an assembly room of like a hundred students, like two or three students are really moved by it, and they will come up to us. and yep. they say, "Oh, how can I find out more?" Mm. And actually, that's it, it's enough in a way because you know those guys who are interested they will be seeking out more on their own yeah, okay. and you know everyone else you know hopefully they just like the story and you know they might learn to appreciate uh stories uh, made by our own voices our own people which is pretty important I think yeah sometimes really? I think like with all the you know TV series going on we sort of it's easy to forget that
0: what do you think um, 10 years ago and now the Singapore directors is there a a shift you did mention a little bit about this earlier but um, just starkly do you think like you know the the batch 10 years ago and now uh, is there a difference with the directors
1: Um, I I suppose that I can even look back further like 20 years ago (laughs) um you know it's sort of like every 5 years you see <clears throat> somewhat of a shift and mm. um <laughs> the the most i think the easiest thing that you can spot is that um e- young filmmakers opening up their own companies immediately after they graduate <laughs> okay um because there is uh, there are lots of um online jobs for them that yep. they can do at uh priced price at at something that they can do it for, yep um so i in that sense, one is it's really great to see that kind of courage and uh, bravery that they can dive into the industry straight away. but I think that um, I suppose if you appreciate like this kind of thing, one of the things that they miss out on is some sort of mentorship or a chance to just work with other people in the industry uh, instead of, you know, the people that you graduate with, which is sort of like your usual click.
2: That's true. For example.
1: So that sort of mix of ideas and ideology and styles mm. um, is sort of missed out, I, I, I think. Yeah. And also, you know, that curiosity to get to know each other, um, that's the other thing
2: mm. that,
1: that um, is somewhat missing. That championing of other filmmakers yep um because you're so worried about uh you know keeping your business afloat that you don't really have time to <laughs> appreciate like other people's work
0: i I do agree because especially you know the relationship between a director and a producer right uh if a director mm-hmm. is also a producer, there's definitely an opportunity cost you know you'll be starting to think about uh how is the money doing uh how are we going to distribute this? Where actually you should squarely just think about creatively, you know, how to uh, just attack the the job or the film or the shot, you know. So um, you're right. I mean, if there are lots of now um, like young filmmakers who are also entrepreneurs, there comes a time that you'll be interesting, you got this mix, but then you also worry that, you know, in the a simpler time, it was quite defined. Like, you know, uh, directors were just directors and uh, producers are the producers. So, yeah, I think that's true. And as I said, you know, there are 400, 400 to 500 graduates of film every year. Um, So it's very, very fast. You start to think, why should I be sweeping floors and be an intern for somebody else? And then you can be your own boss.
1: Well, there's something to be said about, you know, being able to make coffee right. I, I believe that <laughs> 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 coffee right for someone else. I believe that it will serve you well in the long term. <laughs>
0: that's true, that's true. Oh.
1: <laughs> you never know when you need that skill. <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, I think that what I've noticed is that the filmmakers uh now perhaps have less Uh, time and opportunity to be adventurous uh, in terms of if you have overheads or if you are quite busy in terms of trying to always have uh, tasks and projects achieved, Mm. then you don't leave space for like something good to happen. Um, And also, I think that there's always that pressure that everything that you put out there has to be a super-duper success. And if you actually, you know, go through um, bios where you watch documentaries or read a book of any sort of famous artists that you admire a lot, mm. um, you'll find that they will have lots of ups and downs in their careers and the one thing I can say for sure, for sure, in the last 20 years that I've observed is everybody has their time in the sun and there will be ups and downs for sure and yep. therefore it really helps to uh, go through through your career in, you know, this community with a bit of kindness, you mm. know, and stuff like, you know, like an old guard, for example, don't really look down on them, maybe the person doesn't have any luck for 10 years, you know,
2: yep. mm.
1: um, uh, and it's just hard, you know, it's hard to make a film, it's even a short film or a feature, so many things to get it right, mm.
2: you know,
1: everything has to go right, right, schedule, weather, chemistry, money, and then it only takes one thing to go wrong for the whole project to just possibly fall apart or not be as good as what you had hoped for. And also, I think generally in Southeast Asia, in terms of filmmakers who are um, very aware of sort of the festival strategies, uh, there is a move towards uh, projects that are, Workshopped a little bit too much um, Mm. because right now there are a lot of labs, yep, and script labs and development labs and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's usually also the same projects that are touring around the labs, and how do we sort of remain have that grid of that project remain, especially for first and second films? I think, okay, yeah, and also I think that um, maybe everyone in a way has very similar strategies. So, um, if you're already in touring the labs, most likely you'll be sort of what they term as a festival film, and you know, planning the one, two, three festivals and stuff like that. Mm. And I think that that need to be resilient comes when people are are a little bit surprised or shocked when their films don't get accepted for various reasons and they feel a bit lost after that. And that's when you sort of need your producer or like your champions whether it's in uh, our know, a programmer from your own country and things like that to really sort of push you along mm. so that you can not only survive this period where it's difficult but also um you know don't lose hope for other things that you want to do
0: okay that's very good advice um coming back to like a festival strategy so don't you think all this uh script or development labs are important in the strategy to for film festivals.
1: I suppose that if your film is goes exactly what you want and it uh, appeals to uh, a certain type of programmer or critic, um, most likely, and and you're sort of considered like you know the star filmmaker or upcoming filmmaker for your country, mm. then it, it's you know you would. It's easy to have that strategy you know to write it on paper I'm going to go to Cannes and Berlin and all these film festivals right
2: mm.
1: and uh, I'm going to have a sales agent and all you know the same things mm. but the actual real strategy you need is what if you don't get to these festivals <laughs> okay <laughs> you know I think having writing that sort of uh, uh best scenario strategy it doesn't really um take that much because it's something we all uh, know because we've seen it in all the successful films Mm. Um, but what if it doesn't go that way that's when you actually really need a plan B or Mm. plan C and don't be afraid to um, you know do something different that is maybe your film is not a a festival film or it goes or it doesn't do well in cinemas it goes straight to um uh, internet platform yeah. streaming. Or that would be your first choice sometimes. Also, mm. and I think that this um, COVID nineteen period has shown us uh, that there are there are ways to reach your audience. Mm. So you know, tr- try to imagine bigger. And actually, th- your producer, your whoever that you're partnering with to make that film. Uh, it's really that person you you have to brainstorm with and say like, you know, don't give up, right? Like, what else can we do with this film? And in a way, it's like you have no choice because you really made the film, right? So you're going to go and do something about it, you know? If you Mm. give up, then everybody else around you will give up. And and we've all seen that happen um, to filmmakers and and that's sort of like where you really feel like you want to be there and, and find a place. Sometimes, even if it's just a screening at the end of the day at uh, your own local venue, mm. um, which is may not be a festival, yep. that's cool too. But you know, don't don't give up because you had like fifty other people worked on
0: that film with you. For a lot of new directors, you need to hitch on to one that one producer or like a few producers that really know how to, you know, circumnavigate uh, all these festivals and. That's that's the part that's boggling. To me it's like out of nowhere. I mean, as a
1: filmmaker, do you feel like it's hard to send it
0: in? It's yes, and uh we hear so many stories that they don't even open up the thing to watch you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> for a lot of American, uh, what they'll just take your fifty dollars and thank you very much, you know. Uh they'll right, probably right, right, right. Yeah, they'll just call the you know, whoever they know in Singapore and like, Hey, what do you think of this? I ah, no, okay, I'm not even I'm not even gonna give to uh I don't know what they call it. Is it, a watcher or is it a reader or, you know, uh, because it, yeah, a screen. Uh, are they? The, the person book? is called a screener. Yeah, yeah, you know, to get a screener to watch it probably is like, you know, $2 or I don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's what we hear. It's like, you know, the, there are so many festivals now, so many. And also some yeah. yeah, so many of them also making a lot of money because it's like you hear, wow, five thousand and Well, I
1: mean, I think the homework as a filmmaker is, you know, to try to avoid the dodgy festivals. Somewhat, uh, if you I mean, just starting by the Singapore films that have traveled, you can you can see all the names of festivals they go to and then sometimes, you know, those very successful films go to like fifty festivals and you can look through all the names. Um, because in, in a lot of countries and I think in Singapore in the past there were a couple of sort of uh, dodgy festivals yep. too, where you have to pay yeah um so then avoid those you know just for a start you can save a bit of those power. you can win a prize <laughs> i know but is it really important <laughs> to win a prize based on some like lucky draw i don't know how it's done <laughs> and then also there's that sort of like obsession with like winning prizes you know and uh, with filmmakers who are uh nowadays who are very savvy and producers, there's a lot of negotiation. How do they trade their premier status for sections and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And um, Of course, it's it's like, it's what you have to do and perhaps a little bit too much emphasis on all parts, not only the filmmakers, but well, festivals as well. Um, so, I, I don't know. It could be this period that we're in is going to allow for some changes, the functions of festivals, um, how we view films, how we sell our films and in the end, how we make the films,
0: right? You have actually, you know, um, worked in, I mean, hit a festival, um, produced, and then you were, I even know that you were in commissioning before for TV. So, that's right. which is the work that best suits you after, you know, um, going through the experience?
1: I think that I'm really excited always about um, if I see something new uh, and I have an opportunity to create it, um, uh, find a place to connect it with an audience. So it can be online uh, right now. Um, it, I, I don't think the form matters so much to me. When I was doing commissioning, uh, what was exciting for me was being able to introduce sort of filmmakers that were not normally used mm. for television work okay. to um, the small screen to have a different kind of audience. Mm. And and that was uh, exciting for me. Mm. So I think I'm always looking for um, what can we do next? You know, where's the gap right now? Mm. Um, and I'm always proud, I think, of our talent Mm. and when I see certain type of projects that are going on out there I believe that one of our filmmakers can do it yep and um, I think that um, innately I am willing to fight for that space to make it happen so I suppose the platform is could be anything
0: for more experienced filmmakers uh, how do they um, Organize themselves to actually, you know, um, think a little bit further, rather than like you know, just either give up or give up. I think.
1: i uh, wish you know, I I wish there was sort of a blueprint, but every uh, well-known filmmaker, or successful filmmaker that you know we've had masterclasses with, and uh, that. With, that I've spoken to um, at length over, for, you know, dinner or drinks, they all say the same thing when their project is over. They start again, again at zero. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's sort of like a joke they always say that um, there was this one famous filmmaker who, who said that they want to do this film and... Um, everybody wanted him to do horror because he always did horror and he just wanted to do uh, a romantic comedy musical. No one would let him do it. Okay. And so he just continued to do horror and he's, you know, he, you know, he's made so many films very successful and he's like, I just want to do something different. No one will give him a chance. And I was like, wow, if he can't do it, then <laughs> if he can't find money for his dream romantic comedy musical, then mm-hmm. uh, you know, who can, right? Yep. And so I think the the struggle is real for everybody but it's also very similar. um, That You're always starting at zero uh, Mm. with every new project. Mm.
2: Um,
1: So it probably doesn't give you a lot of comfort to hear that um, but it may uh, allow you to at least feel that you're not alone.
0: So where would be really your heart? Would be a bit of Bangkok and a bit of Singapore or where is your heart now?
1: Well, you know, my, my family, including, uh, you know, uh, my husband mm. together, we have become a truly sort of Southeast Asian family <laughs> in terms of like myself, I'm half Indonesian, half Singaporean, mm. and, and now my kids are half Thai. Mm.
2: Um,
1: so I think that the world is shifting a little bit, allowing us to be in different places. I can't help but sort of obviously always have space to champion Singapore films and Singapore talents in general whether mm. it's like fashion or music um, but also that you know I've I said it uh, maybe five six years ago that we really seeing that shift in collaboration uh, in Southeast Asia mm. uh, for many many different things mm. uh, in in writing in, in music uh, cooking things like that and that is true also for content making mm.
2: Um
1: I think that as long as there is that chance for um, our Southeast Asian sort of talents to come together, that is interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure as well. Um, I guess as a professional, uh, it translates to personal life and professionally uh, to, not, um, to always be perfect, to not... Uh, have any failures, mm. and one one failure means you know game over. Yep. That people will uh, disregard you. Mm. Um, but that's um, as we all know, and we've seen it in all successful people. Um, you know, we we all need a little bit of failure mm.
2: um,
1: in order to find uh, something good in ourselves. In order to find a next story, for example, mm. um, I think that if we sort of um, find a place where you can work like a residency or um, somewhere quiet where you can uh, explore new ideas. Uh, I think people should definitely take advantage of it because I think there's too much rush and pressure to create something really, really fast
0: these days. That's true.
1: Um, Actors that I've met who are veterans, I noticed that... um, one of the sort of similar traits they have as they reach a certain point in their career, being very respected and all that, um, the great ones are very comfortable in their skin. And uh, it's sort of somewhat of an acceptance of um, things that have happened in their life and they sort of let the scars show a little bit. Mm. um, That sort of allows them, I think, Mm. to tap into certain emotions that they need to and I think the best ones are usually in the few that I've met. Um, they're very humble mm. and they're very interested in life and mm. people. Yep. Um, and they're not interested in sort of the fame and they know it comes and goes.
0: The, when you want to submit also, you know, uh, how to go in, who to introduce you in and then what are the things they will look out for it's it's a whole business is it? so it's I,
1: not off, but actually the honest truth it is somewhat but the honest truth is if there is if the film is amazing and the person doesn't know anything about anything it will still float to the top that's really the truth and mm. then all the festivals want to be the one that discover this person
2: mm. you, you think, think mean, it, it still it's, happens? it's
1: really true yes yes it's mm. really true Uh, Shorts will be harder obviously because there's a gazillion shots right but that's Mm. why you need to go to the short film festivals those people are really committed Mm. but for features it's like it's 100% true Mm.
0: that
1: a good a really amazing talent stands out
0: for let's say a new filmmaker when they want to think of like a festival uh, strategy um, what do you think will be the practical things that they can do or prepare uh, before they start even thinking what what kind of festivals they want to go into
1: Well if it's your first you know time sending to a festival, you might be overwhelmed by the amount of materials you need to prepare yep. and um, usually the uh, forms the festival forms will sort of guide you on the items. so there are some um, basic ones uh, which you should definitely on, for example, uh, short synopsis and long synopsis. Yep. So I would say that uh, a tip would be uh, be precise about um, your story and don't be overly mysterious about uh, where it's going. Um, and you can sort of test it out so you can have someone read it who's never watched the film than yep. someone who has watched the film. Okay. And so i see if, uh, you know, if you haven't watched the film, whether it would make you curious, for example. Mm. And then just very simple things like check your grammar, and your spelling and stuff like that. And if you are sending to obviously a festival that is of another language, like a Chinese festival, then you can offer uh, a Chinese synopsis or title if you uh, have the ability to translate. So having that Chinese title on your own probably would help quite a bit so they don't translate it for you.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, just sort of imagine like someone receiving your film cold and before they click on your uh, film link, they are reading the synopsis and okay. you want them to be interested. So the accompanying that synopsis, of course, is the the film stills, um, yeah. which is the photos from the film. Uh, of course, display on the website and program books and stuff like that. And usually... Uh, you know, I would say don't send in pictures that you don't want to be used, mm. um, and also send pictures um, that tell a story in a way and, or, or make it interesting to look at. A lot of um, festivals, if it's uh, program booklets that are in black and white, they tend to choose pictures with faces mm. or uh, that's not too dark and things like that. Yeah, okay,
0: yeah, never so thought about
1: give, that. So, give like you know, two or three that uh, provide certain type of options that you need for different purposes.
0: Do do people do vessels still look for posters? Last time they we still have to print posters and then bring over there.
1: Nowadays, people do have the digital posters that they do send in as part of their stills as well. Mm. Um, most of the time, it's not really used in the program book, mm. um, but it's still useful to have uh, for shorts. Perhaps not. N- necessary mm. but for features uh, for sure people still use them they still send it in
0: talking about the rules laurels pattern, uh, do you think a lot of festivals like you know oh you already joined this festival no la no I'm not gonna <laughs> put into mind
1: oh um, the festival premiere status would absolutely depend on each individual festival mm. and then of course there is the world premiere or international premiere, which means that you can premiere in your home country first and mm. they, they would still take your film. And that's where most people, when they talk about festival strategy, they do look at which sort of festival to send in first in order to not miss out on their um, the festival that they, they want to be in. Mm. So um, if the main festival that you want to go in is in October and then you, you try not to send in anything before that